Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you are listening on the Believe Network. We have so much to get to today. A lot's going on in Miami. Um, Miami, obviously, another big Masters 1000 tournament that follows Indian Wells. I've talked about it a million times. I touched on it last week, but we're going to get more into it this week. However, other than Miami, a ton of stuff happened this week in the world of tennis. We're talking about major players playing in smaller tournaments. We're talking about retirements. We're talking about ball abuse and abuse of people on the court. What is the ATP going to do? We don't know. Big three's not playing in a lot of tournament. Is that opening the door for Americans to be better? I don't know. We'll talk about it all at the end of this episode, but we got to start in Miami. Uh, Miami's been, there's been a world of upsets in Miami, a world of close upsets in Miami, and really it's been entertaining. What what else would you expect from the 305, from one of the most entertaining places in the world, other than entertainment straight out of the Miami Open. Uh, gorgeous venue they have there at Hard Rock Stadium. It's gorgeous to watch, and I think the players have a ton of fun there. Um, let's start with Daniil Medvedev. Daniil Medvedev, obviously the number one seed, uh, back down to number two in the world, trying to jump back up to number one. He plays Andy Murray. Now, he played Andy Murray in the second round of this tournament, and the interesting thing about him playing Andy Murray is those are the only two players to have the number one spot in the world other than the big three since, like, 2004. So, like, I mean, the history with these guys, right? Obviously, Andy Murray's had a different part of his career after he had all the hip surgeries and all the hip problems and all that stuff, retired, came back, blah, blah, blah. He's older now. Dino Medvedev watches, washes him 6'4", 6'2", but kind of a cool stat there. And obviously, when two names like this play each other, it's going to be a big deal. Jensen Brooksby, he's back on the top. He's rolling through to the third round. He beats Backslash Ville. He's in the third round. Um, here's kind of an upset. Number 12 seed Denis Shapovalov loses to Lloyd Harris in the second round, 6-3-6-4. So Shapo out of Miami. See you later, bud. Harris, he continues. Uh, I think Lloyd Harris is South African. I think he's really entertaining to watch. It kind of just matters what tournament He's going to really step up and play really, really well. Here was an almost upset. Um, Stefano Tsitsipas goes three sets with J.J. Wolf. If if you watch anything from this match, um, J.J. Wolf, the American qualifier, went to Ohio State. He's very entertaining to watch. You got to watch this highlight of J.J. Wolf. He goes to his back. You got to go on Twitter and watch this. He goes to his backhand on a passing shot, and he gets over there, and he slides with his left foot out, and instead of hitting a two-hand backhand like he has, he takes the one hand, his left hand, he's not left-handed, and just hits a one-hand ripper down the line uh, with with his left hand, not even a one-hand backhand. Like, just switches hands completely, hand up in the grip, left hand, boom, right down the line. It was one of the most entertaining things um, that I've seen this year. For a guy like that that's not even in the top whatever to do that, Man, J.J. Wolf is entertaining. I really hope he gets a big break because he is fun to watch, and I think he's really good for American tennis. Um, moving on down the line, uh, Marin Cilic makes it through. Taylor Fritz, obviously, in the third round. You'd expect that. Taylor Fritz gets to play Tommy Paul, actually, in the third round, and Tommy Paul beats uh, Hotchinoff, which is a big win for him, and they're going to play in the third round, but they both just won in three sets. Both can be exhausted, but nevertheless, two American friends getting to move on. Uh, Sebastian Corda moves on. Here's another big upset. Nick Kyrgios, big upset for me. He was a wild card in this tournament, 
beats Andre Rublev. Andre Rublev, obviously the stud from Russia, um, doesn't really put much of a fight against Kyrgios. Kyrgios wins 6-3, 6-0. Maybe Rublev's just sick of it and done with it and wants to you know, move on. Obviously, those players from Russia have been through a lot. They get the name and the flag taken from their name. They're not ne- necessarily representing Russia anymore. They're just tennis players. So, you know, it's been, it's probably been a really hard month and some change for them um, because of what's going on in their country and uh, things that they had nothing to do with. And all of a sudden, uh, they're kind of thrown in the fire. But Nick Kyrgios, great, great win for Nick Kyrgios to move on. And then he beats Fabio Fognini, and now he is in the fourth round in Miami. Uh, Pablo Carina Busta makes the third round after beating David Goffin. And Yannick Sinner plays a hell of a match. Yannick Sinner gets into round four. He beats him in five sets. Look at the stat line. First set, 5-7. Second set, 7-5. Third set, 7-5. What a grinder that match was. Good for Yannick Sinner. Uh, some highlights from that were electric. And Yannick Sinner is moving on. Francis Tiafos in the round of four. Casper Ruud beats Blue Bleck. Uh, that was an entertaining match if you watched any of that. Uh, and then this is a big one. Thanasi uh, Kakanakis is beat Diego Schwartzman. He beat Dennis Kudla, and he's in the fourth round, and he will play Alexander Sferov, the number two seed. So Kakanakis playing really good tennis right now. I would love for him to make a run. I just think he deserves it. He's been through so much and moving forward. So uh, Sferov's in this tournament. Uh, nothing still from what he kind of did with ball abuse and everything that happened in Mexico. But it's kind of cool to see Taylor Fritz still making a run in this tournament after he wins Indian Wells. He could very well lose first round and call it quits. But for him to move on and keep moving forward... That is awesome to see. Let's talk about some of those young Americans that are making runs and that really get the chance. Now, Francis Tiafa was asked about this in a press conference, said a lot of American guys doing well lately, and he just kind of replies that says, you know, him and Fritz were really the first guys to break a top 100. That was their group coming out of, like, juniors, the young guys. Um, he goes, you know, we're top 30 at 20 years old, 21 years old. Uh, and he's like, him and Fritz really got it going. Then Riley Opelka really started breaking through. And then Corda starts breaking through. Um, and he says it's pretty much like, well, if I see these guys doing well and I grew up with them, why can't I do better and why can't I do well? So he says it's a very motivating factor for him. Um, and then it also helps that uh, the big three isn't playing in some of these tournaments. So it gives him a chance. And some of these younger guys, especially the Americans, to really step up and have a really, really good tournament. Now, He's talked about this before at the U.S. Open in 2020. He talked about this with not, you know, all the Rafa wasn't there. Roger wasn't there. and Novak got kicked out uh, for hitting an umpire with the ball, which we'll get to in a little bit. Spoiler alert. Um, But he talked about this same exact topic where, you know, when some of these big juggernauts in the sport aren't playing in some of these tournaments, it gives, you know, some of these other guys an opportunity. And I think this could be, you know, the confidence that American tennis players need to really make some big jumps, because I believe that these guys you know, are as good as any other country players in any other country. They just need to consistently put it together. So really cool for Francis Diafo to come out and say something like that. And uh, I, I was a fan of it, and I'm a fan of American tennis, so I really hope good things come from this, and I really, really do think they will. Now to some of the dark side of things that are going on in the world of tennis right now, and I don't want to talk too much about it, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least mention it and talk about it a little bit. Uh, in Miami which is not long after Alexander Sverev abused an official, um, not uh, the official, but the official's chair and yelled at him and verbally abused, absolutely. Physically abused, not necessarily, but slapped the umpire's chair in Mexico. You can find videos of that on Twitter all over the place. Um, 
more is happening right now. Jensen Brooksby in Miami throws his racket and it almost hit, almost hits a ball kid. I'm not sure if it actually hit a ball person, but I think like he he like jumped out of the way and I'm not sure if it actually hit that person, but um who knows what the ATP is going to penalize him for this, but like more it this is happening more and more and it's unacceptable obviously cuz um, it's one thing to throw your racket, break your racket, do stuff like that. But when you start putting other people on the court in danger, that's where it gets sketchy. And it also happened in Miami with Jordan Thompson. He he hit a ball, launched a ball out, and a ball a ball person had to duck and get out of the way a little bit because they thought it was coming at them because it was so close to them. So this is something that the ATP honestly really needs to penalize. And I th- I think it needs to be penalized at a, at a higher rate. Um, penalize more money. Penalize more suspensions. If players... You know, players lose money, that's one thing. But if players lose points by not playing in tournaments, that's a whole other thing because that affects everything else that's going on in their life. So if you really want to take a harder stance and get at it, they got to do it or else these players are just going to think they have more power and keep abusing people on the court. And there's not that many people on the court anymore. Hawkeye is doing most of the work for line judges and everything. So it's not like there's line judges all over the place. There's ball persons and the one main umpire. Um, and, and if you can't, you know, relay your frustration in a different way, or if you can't relay your frustration in a way that's not going to hit the six people on court, there's got to be a fine there. Cause there's a lot other places on a court that you can relay your frustration. So a uh, very unfortunate part of the sport right now, but it's really being, being brought up in the headlines and it's really being brought up, uh, to the, to the normal viewer and to the players and to the media and to everybody really on, What's the ATP going to do here? Because we can't consistently watch uh, people on the court get abused. Uh, it's a terrible look for tennis, one. And it's it's the videos that surface the internet. And if one person throws its racket, not a big deal. Rackets get thrown all the time. They get broken all the time. Balls get hit out all the time. But if people start getting hit by them or harmed by them, it's a horrible look for the sport. And the ATP, frankly, has to do something about it. Let's step away from ball abuse and let's step away from Miami and talk about something else that's going on in the world of tennis. Uh, that's actually a good positive that I think is a good positive. And that's that two players who both used to be in the top three in the world are both getting back on the court this week. It is Dominic Team and Stan Wawrinka are playing in Marbella in the ATP Challenger Tournament. Um, awesome to see these guys get on court. Um Vavrinka has been out for a while with injury. You remember uh, Dominic Team? He had a wrist injury on his right hand, and he's right-handed, and he's been out for a, quite a long time at this point. So really awesome to see these two get back on court. It would suck to be a challenger and have to go play one of these guys, to be honest. Um, you kind of just got to hope their their fitness isn't there. But, to, hey, I'm going to go to a challenger and try to get a bunch of points and you know break through into you know the ATP Tour, and you got to play one of two players that used to be in the top three in the world uh, and, you know, team, the Grand Slam champion of the 2020 U.S. Open. So it's good for these guys to get back. Sucks for whoever else is playing in that challenger. Uh, They could get a massive win or they're just going to get dominated. But really, really cool to see these two back in the conversation, back on the court, and really back playing the sport that everyone wants to see them play because they are entertaining, they are fun to watch, and they got a ton of fans around the world. Speaking of other tournaments, Novak Djokovic uh, will be playing in Paris in the Mercy Tournament. That comes after he dropped out of Indian Wells so late that he was supposed to be fined. And so 
he was not going to be able to play in Paris, but now he will be able to play in Paris. Um, so because of his late withdrawal out of Indian Wells, he's supposed to be suspended for Paris Bercy. Um, and he's the defending champ there, so that's a 1,000 points that he would just lose in the ranking, which is why he's kind of jumping in and out of the top, you know, top spot of the ATP Tour right now. But he appealed it, and it was successful per the ATP. So um, he will be playing in that, and it looks like he'll get another tournament under his belt. He hasn't played that much, honestly, and it's been unfortunate because he is the number one player in the world, and it's because he won't get the vaccine and all that stuff. But it looks like he is returning to the court and defending his championship at that Masters 1000. Last thing I want to touch on here is the retirement of Ash Barty on the women's side. Ash Barty, 25-year-old Australian woman, calling it quits after you know relatively a short career when you look at some of the other uh, players that are playing into their 30s or even late 30s. Uh, on, on a big post on Instagram, she said she's retiring. She doesn't want to do it. Uh, she doesn't want to do it mentally and physically anymore uh, to be at such an elite level. And she was doing it in at, at an elite level. In 2022, she started 11-0. and 0. Uh, She had two titles this year, got her third Grand Slam at the Australian Open, and she was world number one at the time. So she was an absolute staple of women's tennis and doing it at a great rate. Now, if you remember, she also had some surgeries, came back from them, had incredible runs at some big Grand Slams. Uh, but I can't blame her for not wanting to do it mentally and physically anymore. So who knows if anybody will follow suit. But she was also world number one. With her retiring, she can de- she can decide to stay world number one or pull herself. And she pulled herself from world number one, which opened the door for Iga Svitek to be world number one. And she now is. She is the 28th player in the history of the WTA to become world number one. She got that after winning a match in Miami, and she's only 20, 20 years old, which is unbelievable. Um, Iga Svitek, new world number one on the women's side after Barty. Um, th- there's been so many great women's tennis players, and for her to kind of staple herself in that category is phenomenal um, and comes off a win that she had at Indian Wells. So great, great for the the sport of tennis, great for the sport of women's tennis, especially to have Iga there at the top. Uh, unfortunate that Ash, you know, stepped down and decided to retire, but she is a great ambassador for the sport, had a great career, and she seems at peace with it. So uh, congratulations to Ash Barty on an incredible career. Uh, it's been fun to watch women's tennis and especially her in women's tennis, and uh, I'm very intrigued to see what she's going to do moving forward. She's so young. She's so young, but great courage to do that on her side. Uh Let's end it there. That's the end of this episode. I'm so incredibly grateful for people that support this episode, for people that listen to this episode, and people that support uh, what I do when I podcast. Um, I'm over 100 episodes now, and I absolutely love it. I kind of had just had a moment this morning before I jumped on the mic here where I was like, man, this is awesome. I really, It's really cool that I get the podcast, and it's really cool that I have a great company that supports me podcasting when it's my job here in Springfield and also uh, the Believe Network. So I couldn't be more happy with the sport that I get to cover, even on sometimes when it's not great news. But uh, I think I think tennis is an incredible thing, and I and I love that I get to follow it so closely, and it occupies so much of my energy and time, uh, especially with this podcast because it's a great it's a great platform to be able to you know spill my thoughts on it, and I couldn't be more grateful for the people that uh, listen and take credibility 
to the things I say in the platform that I'm on here on the Believe Network. Uh, just just a moment of gratitude that I have for everything I get to do uh, in this life and this journey uh, through my through my 20s and and beyond. So I appreciate it. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate the network. Uh, and that's that's gonna be it for today's episode. Take care of yourself. Take care of your families. Watch the rest of the Miami Open. That's on the rest of this week. Uh, have fun. Enjoy the nice weather. It's springtime. Summer's right around the corner. Let's have a good week, y'all. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 